this morning, I, I thought I was going to speak about something else until about 3 or 4 this morning. I had an idea, though. The Lord always speaks to me about 3 or 4 in the morning, and I thought if I moved to India, where I've traveled multiple times, then when He wakes me up, it would be 3 or 4 in the afternoon, and that would be more tolerable. So maybe we need to... I don't know if the Lord is on the wrong time schedule or I am, but we're going to have to get this fixed, because that 3 or 4 in the morning thing... It, no, I'm just teasing. This is what he said to me. Will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? I'm going to grab my glasses because I want to see what, who I'm looking at. So that way I know who to judge real bad when you don't respond. Just kidding. These are not reading glasses. These are glasses because lights do crazy stuff to me. John chapter 5. Let's all turn to John chapter 5. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. David, if we have that, or Tony, or whoever's up there. Hadn't David done a good job with the slides? He's no Tony, but he does what he can do. Tony's headed up there right now. Look, she's like, I got it, I got it. And uh, Steve has done such a fabulous job stepping in, helping us with the sound. Steve, thank you so much. Steve Slate. And uh, Isaac has been, a, he's, I, I didn't forget you. He threw his hands up like, what? Uh, Isaac's done such a good job. He's sort of a utility guy. So there's so much that goes on. Isaiah, we can't wait to have him back. He's still recovering. Um, uh, but... Um, there's so much that goes on to make these services happen, and so many times we overlook those things. But you guys are very well appreciated, and uh, we thank you for what you do. And the musicianship here, guys, really, the band in this church, I mean, I've played with a lot. And uh, it's good to come in and know that the guys are going to know it, they're going to be prepared, and uh, it's, it's, it's a blessing. So if you haven't been to another church where they try to do what we do here, go check it out and then come back and tell them how much you appreciate it. John chapter 5, starting in verse 1. This is the Passion Translation. Then Jesus returned to Jerusalem to observe one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in the Aramaic, the House of Loving Kindness. And this pool is surrounded by five covered porches. Hundreds of sick people were lying there on the porches. It amazes me that... Even in 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth, the places that people went uh, that should have been healed, they're laying there sick. It, it makes me wonder if what was coming out of that temple is what made them sick and paralyzed, but we'll leave that for another day. I know that's what happens in 2020. Hundreds of sick people were lying there on the porches. The paralyzed, the blind, and the crippled, all of them waiting for their healing. For an angel of God would periodically descend into the pool to stir the waters. And the first one who stepped into the pool after the waters swirled would instantly be healed. Verse 5. Now there was a man who had been disabled for 38 years lying among the multitude of the sick. Now... Uh, under the shelter of religion, there are the sick and the lame and the blind who can't be healed unless they do work and step into the pool. That's under religion. They're helpless and hopeless, so near the sheep gate. This is just my notes. But Jesus had none of the laws or requirements to put upon us for healing, only to believe in the one who's greater than the angels. By the way, the man had been sick for 38 years, which, by the way, was exactly the amount of time that the children of Israel wandered in a wilderness. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. <laughs> here's what's going to happen. I know you're thinking hard. I can see smoke coming out of your brains like, what's he going to say this week? Last week I said Jesus wasn't wrapped in an American flag, and I didn't think half of you were coming back. He loves America, but anyways. But today, I would really appreciate it if every once in a while, throw me a... Is that Tyrone? Man, I didn't know you came in. Come here and give me a hug. Hey, brother, you want to preach? You sure? Good to see you. When you become the pastor of a church, you can do that too. <clears throat> but what I'm going to need is just a, as a, res <clears throat> a response from you. I heard years ago a man say, you can get no more in a window than you can get out of a window. You can get no more in a door than you can get out of it. So if you're going to sit there and be weak and, and not respond, then I'm going to preach the same way. However, I have come with a message. I have come with a word from the Lord. I am an apostolic messenger to bring something that if you will listen and if you will apply what I tell you today, you will come into another dimension of truth in the Lord Jesus. And it will set you free. And not only that, it will bring you freedom that you can take to other people around you. So what I'd like for you to do is unfasten your safety belts Get a little comfortable and speak back to me if you feel of the Lord to say so. So, uh, verse 6. Now, when Jesus saw this man lying there, he knew that the man had been crippled a long time. 
So Jesus said these words to him. You know the King James. He says, Wilt thou be made whole? In the Passion Translation, it's this way. Do you truly long to be healed? Thank you. I really appreciate that. It just goes a long way. Here's what he really said. Are you convinced that you're already made whole? Listen, don't miss this. The Greek phrase, genestai, is actually not future tense. Not, not do you want to be healed. Here's what Jesus said to the man. Can you see yourself in any other condition than this? This is literally what he said. He wasn't saying, do you want to be whole? That would have been an insult to the man because obviously the man was there on the porch. He had a couple of friends that had carried him in, laid him there on his bed, waiting for the troubling of the waters, waiting for the angel to come year by year and year by year. He's still upset. It sounds like revivals to me. You know, you're hoping that the right angel comes and the right thing happens and you get in the flow at the right time, you get healed. And Jesus has said to the man, can you see yourself in any other position than this? Wilt thou be made whole? Is there anything in you that will reach beyond what you see yourself as now? Can you see it? Because if you can see it, if you can see it, I know how to get it to you. Actually, the pattern is this. If you can hear it, and Jesus was there to let him hear it, then you can see it. And if you can see it, you can grab onto it and have it. Wilt thou, let me get back, be made whole? It's... He's ready to, are you ready to abandon how you see yourself? Now, the sick man answered him, Sir, there is no way I can get healed. For I have no one who will lower me into the water when the angel comes. As soon as I try to crawl to the edge of the pool, come on, somebody, someone else always jumps in front of me. I mean, this guy was on the edge of desperation, and he really wanted to get in the water. It's not like he didn't want to get in the flow. It's not like he didn't want to have the touch of the angel. It's not like he didn't want to be healed. And yet, year after year after year, am I talking to anybody? He was disappointed again and disappointed again. And he went to the revival and he wasn't whole. And he had the preacher lay hands on him and he wasn't whole. And he had his head dabbed with oil and he still wasn't healed year after year. He wanted to crawl into this place where some magical thing would happen. And Jesus said, can you see yourself whole? As soon as I try to crawl to the edge of the pool, someone else jumps in ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, stand up. King James, get up. Arise. Here's what he said. Resurrect. Do you know the word resurrect is if you, the etymology of the word resurrect. Stand back up again. He's literally saying, hey, boys, you don't have to wait for the moving of the water because I am the resurrection and the life. I am the stand back up that you need. So, oh, my God. Let me finish the text before I preach. He said, stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and you will walk. Immediately, the man stood up, and he was healed. He never got to the water. He never got to the angels troubling of the water. He wasn't in a church service. In fact, he was surrounded by a bunch of other sick and dead people. A whole lot of times, you're going to be surrounded by people that are just as broken as you are, that are just as desperate as you are, but it don't matter where they are. Are you willing to reach outside of your present reality? And Jesus said, stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and you will walk. Or as the King James says, stand up, pick up your bed, and walk. And so he rolled up his mat and walked again. Now this miracle took place on the Jewish Sabbath. I absolutely love that the writer puts this miracle took place on the Jewish Sabbath. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Verse 10, when the Jewish leaders saw the man walking along carrying his sleeping mat, they objected and said, <laughs> religious people are the worst. I mean, they're just jerks. Can we just all agree that religious people, by and large, are the worst? Church people are, wor are worse, and it, they're just mean. They're, it's no wonder people aren't busting the doors of the church down, because you're a bunch of jerks in there. You need Jesus as much as they do. In fact, in the New Testament, the only people Jesus ever had a problem with were church people. Hypocrites. Thank you. Thank you, all six of you. 
The religious people objected and said, what are you doing carrying that? Don't you know this is the Sabbath, the Shabbat? It's not lawful for you to carry things, lawful for you to carry things on the Sabbath. And he answered, the man who healed me told me to pick it up and walk. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do. What man, they said of him, who was this man who ordered you to carry something on the Sabbath? But the healed man couldn't give them an answer. I, this is a mystery right here. He couldn't give them an answer for he didn't yet know who it was since Jesus had already slipped away into the crowd. Let me tell you something. Your healing and your breakthrough and your manifestation is not dependent upon your theology or your revelation. The man didn't have a clue who Jesus was. He just knew the man said, get up. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know how it works. But can you see yourself other than the situation you're in now? Jesus had already slipped away into the crowd. A short time later, Jesus found the man at the temple and said to him, look at you now. Look at you now. Look, look at you, boy. That's what he said. Look at you now. You're healed. Walk away from your sin so that nothing worse will happen to you. Now, I got a question for you. I just want to ask you this. Uh, the man had been crippled 38 years. So did he sin? Did, did, he sin? did he do something that made him crippled? I can tell you the answer is probably no. In fact, one time Jesus came upon a blind man, and, and his apostles, his disciples at the time, not yet apostles, said to him, he said, Master, why is this man this way? Is it because he sinned or his parents? And Jesus said, oh, no, you got it all twisted. He, it's not because of his sin or his parents' sin. It's because that the glory of God could be made manifest in him. So Jesus was not saying here, now, if you go and do something bad, you think cripple was bad, man. You're going to have it a whole lot worse. No, what he said was, don't you ever see yourself as stuck to a mat again. That's the sin. I've told you a hundred times, sin is this. Sin is not doing something bad. That's the symptom of sin. Sin is seeing yourself as less than what God sees you as. Because the definition of sin is missing the mark. It's literally lowering the standard. And, and that's why the word repent doesn't mean to ask forgiveness. Repent means to turn back to repent. Go back to the top. Go back to the original intent. And so Jesus said, hey, he said, look at you. You're walking. Now, don't you ever in your life lay that mat back down and get on top of it because you don't need it anymore. Then the man went to the Jewish leaders to inform them, it was Jesus who healed me. So from that day forward, the Jewish leaders began to persecute Jesus because of the things that he did on the Sabbath. Jesus answered his critics by saying, every day my father is at work and I will be too. There's another scripture that says, Behold, I am God, I change not, which means if he was at work then, he's at work today. If he can heal the blind man then, he can heal a lame man today. If he can take care of that guy's situation. Every day my father is at work, and I will be too. This infuriated them because church people don't like it when Holy Spirit gets to have his way. You can always tell a church person from someone that's filled with the Spirit because church people get real uncomfortable when the comforter is here. What a contradiction. We should be most comfortable when the comforter, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is moving. And yet we are completely and utterly uncomfortable because we can't program him into and you can't program him out of a service. He just comes. In fact, he is the door. He just comes and goes. He comes when he wants. He goes when he wants. He is. And if you give him room, if you make room for him to do the, thing that, the things that he wants to do, then he'll do them. If you try to program him into the service, don't even open the door because he ain't there. How was it that the glory of God, did you know that for 33 and a half years, every day that Jesus walked the earth, that a priest would go into the temple, would go and offer sacrifices and go beyond a veil expecting for the glory of God to come down? How could the glory of God come down between those two uh, golden cherubim when the, when the glory of God was dwelling in the temple, Jesus Christ walking with And they still went through the motions for 33 and a half years, and the glory of God had not been in that temple for at least that long. And that's why John would say he came into his own, and his own received him not. They didn't recognize him, but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So Jesus answered his critics by saying, every day my father's at work, and I will be too. This infuriated them and made them all the more eager to devise a plan to kill him. For not only did he break their Sabbath rules, but he called God my father, which made him equal to God. Do you truly want to be healed? This is the question. Do you truly want to be healed or are you convinced and can you see yourself that you are already made whole? Well, that doesn't make any sense. 
If I came in broken, how can I already be whole? Here's why. Because in the kingdom of heaven, in the spirit realm, all things are already done. Heaven is not a mansion floating in outer space. Heaven is the dimension of the spirit that is all around us. That's why Jesus would say, literally, no man has ascended up into heaven except the Son of Man who came down from heaven and is in heaven. Now, when Jesus said that, was he on streets of gold, pearly gates, and have a mansion around him? No, he was standing on the gritty gravel of the earth. Somebody, six of you, I want seven people, throw up your hand and say, I'm going to be with you the rest of the service. Seven, that's what I needed to see. The Greek phrase genostai is actually not a future tense as in do you want to be healed, but an aorist middle infinitive that indicates something that's already accomplished. Literally, Jesus was saying, can you peer into the ethereal? Can you see beyond your circumstance into the thing that is already done? Well, that sounds weird. Well, that's because you're used to program church. We don't do that here. Can you see into the spirit realm? Because in the spirit, if I were to ask anybody in any church in Statesville today, in heaven, is there sickness? Everybody in unison would say, is there disease? Everybody in unison would say, is there sadness? Is there heartbreak? Is there sorrow? No. The difference between what they're saying and what the kingdom reality is, is the kingdom of heaven is not a mansion after the, in the afterlife. The kingdom of heaven is a spirit realm that is here and now. And so Jesus said, can you look into that realm and see the reality that it's already done? That it's, Jesus is asking the crippled man, is he ready to abandon how he sees himself and receive the faith for his healing? The first three statements Jesus makes to this man is, can you see yourself as something more than your current condition? He's going to speak to the man three times. And the first thing that he asks him is, when he says, wilt thou be made holy? He said, can you see yourself? Beyond your current circumstance. I know that some of you have come in here broken. I know your personal circumstance. This is not a very big church. I know it. And I know some of you have come in with broken hearts. And I know some of you have come in worried about how I'm going to pay my bills. Or some of you have worried about broken families or broken whatever. I know what I'm asking you is this morning. Can you look into the realm where all things are done? Where Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And see yourself beyond your present condition. Because you are you are not bound to your condition unless you keep yourself bound to your condition. Can you see yourself beyond that? Because until you see yourself as something more, you never will be. The manifestation of something greater starts, listen to me, in your mind. If you can see it you can have it. First, he had to hear it because that's how faith works. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How did the man get faith to receive his healing? The first thing that happened was he heard the word, the actual word, the logos of God, the expression of God. Everything that God had ever wanted to say is in the person of Jesus standing in front of a crippled man saying, Hey, boy, can you see yourself beyond your current circumstance? Can you see what I see? Essentially, he said was, what if I gave you a new vision so you could see yourself the way you really are? Then you'd roll that mat up and you'd never lay back down on it again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. He heard the word which ignited his faith, and his healing and restoration were the culmination of having heard the word. Some of you this morning, it may just be one, and that's okay with me if it's one. Because in, there were, the Bible said in this scripture, there were multitudes of broken people. Laying on the temple, and Jesus spoke to this one guy. Doesn't matter to me if every one of you get it, although that would be wonderful. If one person reaches out and says, I'm going, I'm going to roll up my mat today, I'll never take that thing back again. In fact, what brought me in, I'm going to carry it out. I said, what, the, situ the, current, the situation that brought me, I'm going to carry it out. Because what, what I was brought in on, I'm going to roll it up. Get up. I'm going to roll it up. Bear with me. This is the best mat I could do on a short notice. I'm going to throw it over my shoulder. In fact, I'm going to tie it up too because I ain't never going to unroll this thing again. I'll never unroll, I'll never unroll it again. The only thing I need this mat for from now on is when I carry it. Somebody asks me, what you got carrying there? And you're going to say, I'm carrying the thing that used to carry me. 
Oh, that broken marriage that you heard about? Oh, yeah. But see, I saw myself outside of that because Jesus said that he came that I might have life and that I might have it more abundantly. So I decided to see myself the way that he saw me, and I got up off that mat and began to walk into my future. I began to walk into my day. I'm not... I won't be before you very long, but just let me. Sir, I have no man. That was the reply of the crippled man that day and the reply of those, of those that are crippled by the circumstances of life. I don't see how it can happen. I don't have a man. I don't have anyone to do it for me. Sometimes in life, you're going to have to forget about somebody doing it for you. Because sometimes in life, you're going to find yourself in a situation where nobody can help you. Look around, man. Everybody else laying around you is broken too. Out here, it's every man for himself. I have no man, but Jesus' response was genius and revelatory. Not only for that man, for you. This is what he said the second time he spoke to the man. Stand up! Stand, do what you couldn't do. Pick up your bed and you will walk. Some of you came here today being carried by your situation and being carried by your circumstance, lame by your condition. You've been paralyzed and confined to a bed of helplessness and hopelessness. But if you will listen, the Spirit is saying, can you see yourself whole? Because if you can see it, you can have it, so do it. Come on, somebody. If you can see, you can have. So get up. Stop lying around wondering what life could be like. Get up. No more being bound to your excuses. Get up. No more being carried around by circumstances. Get up. They said you would never make it, but you're going to get up. They said you were losing your mind, but you're about to get up. 2020 came and hit you in the mouth, but you're about to get up. You might have lost your business, my God Almighty, but you're about to get up. You might have lost your account but my god can you see yourself as more than your current condition you may have lost relationships but you're about to get up you may have lost it all but you're about to get up come on somebody anybody in here ready to get up it's resurrection time time to stand up again it's amazing to me the man had been crippled from birth and Jesus essentially tells him to stand up again. I'm going to say it again. The man had been crippled from birth and Jesus doesn't just say stand up. The tense of the verb is, hey boy, stand up again. Which is to say, before you remember, you were in father's womb and you weren't bound to no bed. You were up and dancing around and you were walking around and you were running in the reality of the spirit. I can see it. And if you look with my eyes, you can see it too. And if you see the reality that this mat can't hold you, then you're going to hold it. I'm almost done. Will you be made whole? When your inner man answers yes, the thing that carried you in, you're going to carry it out. No mat is strong enough to hold you if you choose to get up. And when you finally do get up, you will carry around a testimony of the place from which he brought you. When you walk in and see someone on their own mat, you'll say, hey, I know what that's like. I've been broken myself. I've been crippled myself. I've been lame myself. I went through brokenheartedness myself. I went through feeling like everybody was against me myself. I remember laying at home in the bed, and they told me I had lost my mind. I've been there. I know what it's like. But one day, Jesus came and said, will you be made whole? Can you see yourself getting up out of that bed? Can you see yourself getting up out of your circumstance? Can you see yourself as more than you are? Because if you can see it, you have it. Get up and roll up that bed and go into your house. Stand up again is what the resurrection said. And when you finally do get up, you'll carry a testimony of the place from which he brought you. You'll roll up your mat like a scroll, and the scroll of your life will be rolled out and imprinted with the miraculous love of Jesus. Now, this was done on the Sabbath. Say it one more time. This was done on the Sabbath which is Shabbat, which is the day of rest. And that tells me your healing and restoration ain't coming from you getting worked up. You can't work hard enough. You can't keep enough commandments. In fact, you can't behavior yourself good enough to get what God has coming to you. It don't have a thing to do with your behavior. It has to do, it has to, can you see yourself the way that he sees you? Can you see yourself as a finished work? Can you see yourself the way Father sees you? That tells me, uh, 
Everything that he's wanting to do is from a posture of rest. It amazes me that he's going to take the man off a sleeping mat in a posture of rest to let him walk. I'm about done. You're going to get out early today. Them Logan rolls will still be hot when you get there today. Hot and ready. In fact, hot and ready might be the, the word of the afternoon. I feel Krispy Kreme in the, in the spirit. From a posture of rest, it's in resting in what he has done that gives you strength to get up. Finally, in verse 14, Jesus speaks to the man the third time. He always works in threes. And the third time, he says, look at you now. Look at you now. Look at you now. You're healed. Walk away from your sins so that nothing worse will happen to you. And when you're made whole and when you do get up, when you roll up that mat, don't you ever unroll it again. In fact, I would say burn it, but you might need to throw it over your shoulders so you can tell somebody else. You ain't going to believe where God brought me from. If you had known, if you had known me when I was broken, if you had known me when he left me, if you had known when my kids were strung out, if you had known, if you could only see, you wouldn't even believe it. And, and like Jesus, they'll say, man, look at you now. I feel like somebody today is going to hear a prophetic word that says, just in the coming six to eight months, you're going to walk into somebody that saw you in your brokenness, and they're going to say, my God, look at you now. You're up and walking. What in the world happened? And you're going to say, he's so faithful. All he did... Oh, He's too faithful to leave me in my condition. He's too faithful because my position is not determined by my condition. My position is as a son and daughter. And because I'm a son and daughter, I have certain unalienable rights due me by my father. Some of those are life, love, the pursuit of his presence, healing, health, wholeness. My God, anybody else? I mean, prophetically, can you see yourself as more than your current condition? I'm not trying to downplay your condition, but I'll say like Paul, I I suppose that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in me if you can just rise and walk, if you can take up your mat, if you can take that thing that's held you and throw it over your shoulder and say, I will not be bound to a mat anymore. I will not be bound to my circumstances. I will not be bound to my condition. In fact, I won't be bound to anything because I'm just like Jesus. I mean, my God, the heavens couldn't hold him. His mother's womb couldn't hold him. (laughs) They put him on a cross, and the cross couldn't hold him, and they put him in a tomb, and the tomb couldn't hold him. My God, even the heavens of heavens couldn't hold him, and that's why in Acts 2.24, even death itself could not hold him. You can't put him on a mat that will hold him. The Bible says that God, having loosed the cords of death from him, because it was absolutely impossible for him to be held by death's grip, by death's circumstance, by death's condition. Yes, Jesus too had a mat, but he didn't stay on it. only needed about two and a half, three days. How long are you going to stay in your borrowed tomb? How long are you going to stay on your mat? How many, how many are going to hear the voice of the Lord today saying, hey, get up. Can you see yourself beyond your present condition? Is this some kind of visualization thing? Yep. Visualization thing. Yes, it is. And I, John, was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. And I heard a voice behind me. And so I turned to see the voice. And being turned, I saw. I'm going to say it again because some of you, like John, are in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, because you're in the Lord's Day. It's been the Lord's Day ever since he got up and swallowed death. It's been the Lord's Day. In fact, Anno Domino means in the year of our Lord. It's been the Lord's Day ever since. But he said, I, John, was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, and I heard a voice behind me call to me. And so I turned to see the voice, and being turned, I saw. I heard a voice behind me. Somebody in the church this morning saying, I just heard something I've not heard before. So I'm going to turn and redirect my focus on getting up off of this mat. And when I turn and... Good God Almighty. This is what Revelation is supposed to have always done. It's not that so we can brag about the secrets God gives us. The revelation of Jesus Christ will always bring you into a new dimension of life more abundantly. Write that one down. I said the revelation of Jesus Christ will always bring, or or, I'm sorry, the manifestation of Jesus Christ will always bring you into a revelation of life more abundantly. It's not about bragging about what I know and what you know. It's bragging about who I know. And how powerful he is. And when resurrection himself stands before you, there's not a mat in heaven or hell that can hold you. Well, this ain't what I came for today. 
Well, if you came for popcorn and candy balls, you're in the wrong restaurant, dear. But if you knew my situation, I know it. I've seen it. Did you ever know, have you ever noticed not one time that Jesus came upon any of the miraculous things that he did? Was he ever intimidated? In fact, the only time he was, and the only thing he was moved by was compassion. He essentially was saying, this is what I'm here for. <clears throat> but I like being moved with compassion, which is to say he was replying or responding to the cry of creation. I'm here this morning because there's at least three of you that are crying out, God, I can't stay on this mat anymore. I'm sick of this condition. And for 38 years or however long it's been, I've tried to get up on my own and I've, I've done everything I can do in, in, in the arm of the flesh by my own human strength. I've done everything I could. I've crawled. And if I could, I'd beat the person up to the presence of the Lord so that I could. But, but I can't. And I don't have anybody to help me. I have no man that will help me. I've got no one that can get me to the movement. I don't have the ability to get to the revival or get to the anointed man of God or all the other hogwash. You don't need that. The Lord is looking at you saying to you, can you, can you see yourself beyond your present condition? Will Thou be made whole. Will you be made whole? There's no power in the mat. There's no power in a mat. There's no power in a bed. There's no power in the condition. The power that this has is the power that you give it by refusing to get up. But it hurts. That's okay. It probably does hurt. I would imagine if you've laid dormant for 38 years and you start stretching, it probably don't feel great. But I guarantee it feels a whole lot better than being assigned, consigned to a mat the rest of your life. If you knew what they had done to me, I don't know. And it doesn't really matter to me what they've done because everybody's got a story. What matters is what does he say about you? The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. So if anything in your life is being stolen away or, 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 or being killed or being destroyed, you can, you can bet your bottom dollar that Jesus ain't the one doing it. But I not have and not will. I am come. He literally was telling them who he is. I am. The I am. The same I am that was in the burning bush that appeared to Moses. And Moses said, who in the world do I say should go? When I go before Pharaoh, what else? He said, you tell him I am that I am. What I, what I am are you talking about? The same I am that's going to be in the New Testament telling this lame man. I, oh, my God. The thief comes. Not We always think the devil. And that's okay. But he didn't say the devil. He said the thief. Go back and read the whole context. He's talking about sheepfold and, goat and wolves and all this other stuff. It's, really, it's really, really a religious mindset, but we'll leave that alone for now. The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that you might have life. The thief has come to make you think you got to get in that pool to get your healing, but I am come. If you'll hear what I say and you'll see with my eyes, you're going to get up off that mat. I am come that right now, not some glad morning when this life is o'er. Uh-uh. No, right now today, Jesus did not come to get you a mansion in the sky. Jesus came that you might have life. and you, It's his words. And that you might have it more abundantly. And I hope you get your house. I hope it's the biggest house it's ever been. I, get, I hope you get the built more in the sky. I mean, if that's what you're in this for, God bless you, and I hope you get it. In fact, invite me over for dinner when we get there. We'll see. I don't know how hungry I'll be since we're going to eat supper for seven years, but we'll see. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it super abundantly, more abundantly. If you are not living abundant life this morning, my invitation to you is can you see yourself as tie this thing up? Can you see yourself as more than your present condition? I would say Eli come to the keyboard. Eli's not here, so William, can you play some keys for me? We'll make it real nice. I think this is probably what Jesus would say to Peter about this time. Peter, go play the keys. Make it real soft and sweet. We do church things that we really don't know what we're doing. I'm going to let you. Now, most of you, you can... 
you can feel free to go when you want to go. But for some of you, i got a question for you. Will you be made whole? Wilt thou, King James, will you? Here's the thing he's saying. Is your will going to align with my will? Because my will is that you're whole. And if your will ever aligns with my will, you're going to get up off that mat. But if I will and you won't, then you won't. But if I will and you will, then you will. It's like, did you know a positive times a negative always equals a negative. But if you go positive times positive, you get exponentially positive. Essentially, he's saying, if you will line up your will, I'm here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Do you know that the Spirit of the Lord, he promised us this. He didn't say, if they preach real good and the music is right, then I'm going to come. In fact, it's not scriptural for us to say, Lord, would you come and be, a, be in our presence and in our midst this morning in our service? No, he promised wherever two or three of you would gather together in my name, I'm already there. I'm not coming, I'm there. Jesus, this is the red word. As the prophet used to say, it's the red word, deal with it. Wherever two or three will gather together in my name, I'm there in the midst also. So he's here this morning and his question to just a few of you or maybe a few more. Are you going to allow yourself to be carried around on your condition the rest of your life? Are you going to allow your identity to be the condition you're in instead of the position that you hold in the kingdom? God, I'm so broken. No, you're not broken. And if you are, go look up Kintsugi. The spirit, the spirit of redemption and the spirit of of uh, divinity will pour into those places and it'll be more valuable than before. So he's got that figured out too. Will you be made whole? Will you see yourself beyond your... Will you stop identifying with your condition? I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a broken person that went bankrupt. Bankrupt. I'm a bankrupt. No, you're not. You're a son or daughter of the king. Have you been through bankruptcy? Well, if you have, so what? You know what the most powerful thing about everybody here today is you got up this morning. The most powerful thing about anybody in this place is that you got up this morning was just to say God still has purpose for you. And maybe, just maybe, you came in this place today because you've been identifying with your condition for far too long. It's been carrying you instead of you carrying it. You, listen, here's the deal. You might this place having received what God wants for you and still have still financially be bankrupt but you won't be bankrupt in your mind and you'll, God will give you ideas and you'll find a way to go on you may walk out of here and the relationship doesn't automatically magically get fixed but your heart gets fixed wilt thou be made whole and the man said I have no man and Jesus said get up Get up. Come up to a higher dimension. Come up here and see the way that I see. Get up. Take up your bed. And walk. Do what you couldn't do before you got here. Whenever I used to go overseas with Bishop Johnson and a couple of times with Sidney Smith. Whenever we would pray for those so what we would do is uh, Sunday through Thursday, <clears throat> we would hold uh, crusades and do we'd go see the orphanages during the day and pastor conferences during the day and then mass crusades at night. Three to five to 20 to 30,000 people or whatever. On Friday night, it's what we called healing services. And we would bring buckets, uh, five-gallon buckets, and stand them uh, on the ground so we could stand on top of them just so they could see, you know, when you got five, 10,000 people around you, it's hard to see, but then you sit on the buckets and the third five-gallon bucket full of oil, we just take, take our hand and dip it in the oil and pray for it. Um, you know, pray for it. In, in fact, I, there have been many nights that I have laid my hands on every single person of multiple thousands of people. It, it's a point of contact for them. But here's what Charles Johnson would do from time to time when the Lord moved on him, and he taught me this. He would say to the person that just got healed, now do something you couldn't do before you received your healing. 
So in other words, let's just say your shoulder is hurt like mine has been for weeks now. Do something with your shoulder you couldn't do before. And you'd hear it pop or crackle or whatever it did. Snap, crackle, and pop. Rice crispy stuff. Here's my challenge to you this morning. I want some of you that feel like you received the word of the Lord to get up and take your mat. I want you to do something you couldn't do before. It may be physical, and that's fine with me. Look, I'm not intimidated not one bit. I've seen, you come too late to tell me God don't work miracles because I've seen it. I, I can't explain it. I, I, I mean, I have my ideas about it, and I know what happens in the spirit realm, but I can't explain how an unseen God can come into a seen realm and cause things that are broken to be healed, but I just know that it works. I've seen it too many times, and I've got video, and plenty of you have been there when you've seen it happen to Verified proof. Plenty of. Where's Becky? Becky here today, Jenny? Did your daughter, or did she not have a hole in her heart that is the size of a 50-cent piece? And did you ask us to pray for her? And when she went to the doctor, did he or did he not say, I don't know what happened, but that thing is about the size of a pin, a pin head. She was five at the time, right? She was five at the time. Hey! Does, how old are you now? Nine. No, you're not. When's your birthday? August 16th. That's the same as Abby's. Did you know that? So you just turned nine. Do you remember when you were five and they wanted to look at your heart? You do. You barely remember it. You've lived four years beyond that. Did they ever have to cut you open? No, you ain't never been cut open. My God, she looked terrified when I said that. She don't even remember that they were going to try to plant a surgery because they didn't need it because God healed her. This is the truth. This is not, I'm not fabricating something. I'm telling you, come too late to tell me. You think that God is intimidated by your circumstance? Did you think that Jesus was, oh now, did Jesus, was there ever a time that Jesus said, man, if you'd have got me last Thursday, I had an anointing to heal. You should have got me in that revival three and a half weeks ago. I really could have dealt with you then. Jesus never even called the prayer chain, the prayer group, or the prayer tower. I'm for all of them. I hope you got them all. Whatever. Hey, Peter, boys, this is a big one. I mean, this is a, this is a big one. This is big, big. This girl's dead. Go call them all. In fact, call them across the country and get on Facebook and tell them to pray. Not because I really care that they pray, but the likes release some dopamine in my brain. It makes me feel better about the fact that I don't know what I'm doing. No, he just said, I am the resurrection of life. In the same way that Jesus was there at that crippled man, he's here today. And it doesn't matter what your circumstance is. Last time I'm going to tell you, let's all stand on our feet. Will thou or will you be made whole? Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, to the best of my ability, by your Holy Spirit, I have delivered your word this morning. I know that there are those that have come in, as it were, on their mat, laying on their condition. I know that there are some whose spirits jumped when I said, if you see yourself as beyond your condition, you can walk out of it. For those right now, I speak and I pray, Lord, that they would receive strength in that condition to throw that thing that brought them in up over their shoulder and walk out with it. Not that it's not a reality. The, the, the condition, the bed didn't magically disappear, but it was rolled up and it was never uh, what they were bound to. From this day forward, those people, Lord, whose spirits jumped when you said that, they will never from this day forward be bound to that condition. And to them I say, don't ever crawl back on that man. Don't you ever see yourself as worthless or hopeless or helpless. You're none of those things. You're going to get up. And the thing that carried you in, you're going to carry it out and it'll be a testimony everywhere you go. Let them receive strength right now in the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus. If anybody in this place would like prayer, now would be the time. If you don't, then no problem. Don't bother me. I'll pray with you individually. If you want to do that, come down here and look for me. If nobody, good. Miss Judy. Because you said, if there's any sick among you, let them call the elders of the church. The prayer of faith would save the sick, and if they've committed sins, they'd be forgiven. Let them anoint their heads with oil. According to your word in James, we do that right now in Jesus' name. Father, that her eyes would be open to see herself as you see her. In Jesus' name. 
that his eyes would be open to see himself as you see him in Jesus' name. That these ladies, hello, I'm Joshua. Hype in here. That her eyes would be open to see as you see, and that she would receive strength in this condition, Father, that she carries it out, and not just for her, but for those she's also up here on behalf of. I'm Joshua. Hi, Sam. In the name of Jesus, that she would receive strength. Good, Father. She would receive strength. By your spirit, I see, uh, I see the spirit of God all over you. Thank you, Father. I see the spirit of God all over you. What are you up here for? For your shoulder, is it your left one? The right one? In Jesus' name, Lord, we just speak health and life into her shoulder right now according to your resurrection power. According to your resurrection power. Let that, in the name of Jesus, I command the spirit of infirmity out of her body. Out! I said out in the name of Jesus. And let the healing virtue of the resurrected Christ come into this shoulder now in Jesus' name. Move that thing about a little bit. Move your shoulder about a little bit. Were you here for something physically or were you here for something? What is it? Good job. You got TMJ? You ain't going to have it when you leave today. But that's what it feels like. The symptoms are. I'm going to put a little oil on your face and put it over there. You can wipe it off. It won't make you think. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Out! I said out! Out in the name of Jesus. I'm not worried about scaring you. Let the healing virtue of the resurrected Savior come into this jaw right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Move your mouth. Move your jaw. Man, this is weird. Uh, hang on. It gets better or worse. Depending on your perspective. Just move your jaw right now. Put your hands on your legs. Mouth just open. Hey, Kim. Feel up your core. Something you want to talk about. You want to talk about it? It ain't none of my business. It's all his. Father, it's your business. Just as a point of contact, I put my hand on her head with the oil. Let the healing, restoring virtue of the resurrected Christ come into her situation, body, and, and family is for Tim. For Tim. Ooh, for Tim. I thank you that you don't forget us. In-laws or outlaws, we're still related. You don't forget us, Father. And I pray that that heart hears your voice today. That that heart hears your voice today. Kim, when the prodigal son, I'm not calling Tim that, but look at me. When the prodigal son left the house of the father, do you realize it's amazing? Father didn't chase him. But here's what happened. The goodness of the father did chase him. Because the boy said, wait a minute. The King James says, and he came unto himself and said unto himself. He remembered that his father was so good that even his hired servants were paid so well that they had to find people to give their food away to because they had too much. And so he said, I'm going to go back home. So although the father didn't chase him, his goodness did. In Jesus' name, let your goodness hunt him down in the name of Jesus. <laughs> In the name of Jesus Christ, your goodness hunts him down. Let him remember. Let him remember. Let him remember. When he remembers the goodness, he's coming home. Don't you sweat that. And how's your shoulder, Sandra? Sandy? Is it Sandy? Sandy, how is it? Is it really great? What kind of surgery was it? Oh, my goodness. You couldn't do that five weeks ago? Well, you're doing it fine today. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to get to you in a minute. What about your jaw? It's still, oh, well, come on up here. We, I mean, no need, no, God don't do halfway stuff. If you need to go, God bless you. We love you and everything. You do what you got to do. I'm going to do what I got to do. In the name of Jesus. I said out in the name of Jesus. Out, out in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father bones and, and, and joints and things I don't even know the name for. I, you hear my voice. I command healing and restoration to her jaw in Jesus' name. Stay behind her now. In the name of Jesus. Uh, man, I've seen people who's, who didn't even have eyes. They couldn't even see other eyes. I saw God heal people. 20, 20 years old. I didn't even know what I was doing. I still don't. I just let Him do it. 
Here's what Jesus, this was Jesus' secret. I don't say anything that I don't hear my father say, and I don't do anything unless I saw him do it. And what I saw him do a minute ago was wrap his finger around this jaw. I saw fire going inside your jaw, ma'am, on this side just a few minutes ago, up inside under here, in the name of Jesus. Just wait and see, man, this is weird. Oh, my God. Ego, ego. And I will cleanse their, the blood of those that I have not yet cleansed. That's a, that's a Bible verse. You might want to look that one up. In the name of Jesus right now. That she would, you would cause her body to respond to my voice and say to create the blood that she needs, the blood platelets that she needs, the hemoglobin levels that she needs right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. You don't take into consideration whether we're good or bad, if we've done right or we've done wrong. It's the goodness. It's just your goodness. You came that we might have life and more abundantly. She hadn't lived abundant life in a long time. Let her begin to experience it in her health, Father. Hard to worship and praise. It's hard to enjoy being in your presence, Lord, when you're hurting. And I know, as you are, I move with compassion this morning. This is my cousin, so I can touch you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Create blood. Will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? Everybody good? Anybody else want to be prayed with? Fine with me if you don't. Will you be how, Is your shoulder still good? Is it Sandy or Sandra? Sandy, is your shoulder still good? Throw it up one more time. Watch how she praises God with that thing. I love that. That's good. Amen. When do you go back to the doctor? you got four appointments this week, I heard. Is that true? Call me when they tell you the good news. Call me or text me or whatever. What? I talked to him this week. I had a dream about your grandfather. He rainbow flicked a Yeti cup like that. And he was smiling real big. And I said, I can't believe you did that. And Herb said, oh, I do stuff like this all the time. You just don't see it. He's happy. He's fine. Thank you, Father, for Josh's heart. His heart's fine. His spirit's fine. You know this. Right? Listen to me. He's fine. What he needs is the Lord to touch his mind. In the name of Jesus, touch his mind. Restore his mind. Redeem his mind back to wholeness in Jesus name most of what needs to happen to most people that's what Paul said Paul said don't be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed and here's how you do it by renewing your mind it amazes me how many people stay in bondage not because there's anything wrong with their spirit or soul but their mind ain't right and in this realm if your mind ain't right you're going to have some problems but be transformed metamorphosed don't be laying around like a caterpillar on this. Fly away from that thing. How? By renewing your mind. The renovation of your mind. Take out some old stuff. Bring in some new stuff. Amen. Amen. How's everybody feeling now? I tell you what, I feel good. Even though the Lord bothered to wake me up this morning. There's a scripture that says, He giveth His beloved rest. So I can sleep for an hour and be just fine. I just like to tease. I figure if he can wake me up at four, I can call him out on it in service. I think God laughs at me. I literally think sometimes he sits back and says, I, some of the boys, that, some of the thing that boy says. You know, God likes your unique personality. If God wanted a, a little miniature whoever, whatever your favorite is, I don't want to call any, but C.D. Jakes or Stephen Furtick, whatever, he, Stephen Furtick is the best Stephen Furtick that there is. He don't need, God don't want another. And he don't want another Jakes, and he don't want another Oster, or any of the other people. You are the very best. When God thought about you, he thought about you and said, that's the very best you I could make. And that's what he did. So be comfortable being yourself. 